I rather hope you did. I rather hope so too, Mr. I watched his face register confusion, then amusement. Pretending not to know his name had been the right tactic. He was delighted by my ignorance. All right then, I said firmly. I'll call you Mr. X, my mysterious would-be rescuer. And you are? Hmm, I suppose I'll be Miss Z. A pleasure to make your acquaintance. He nodded and propped one elbow against the rail. Are you enjoying the voyage? Oh, yes, I said. On the way to England, I was too nervous to take it all in. It was my first ocean crossing, you see, and I was worried about seasickness and icebergs and getting lost among the decks. He smiled wryly as I babbled on, doing my best to sound amusing and carefree, a girl with no worries. Go ahead and laugh, but I'd never left the state of Ohio before, let alone the United States, so you mustn't poke fun. I'm proud to say I have put those fears behind me and given myself over to the romance of shipboard life. It's rather dreamy, don't you think? I envy your youthful enthusiasm. Matthew sighed as his gaze drifted away and over the water. To say he was handsome would hardly convey the overall effect of his looks. He had all the features you'd expect in a good-looking man— Narrow, straight nose, high cheekbones and strong chin, shoulders and arms that suggested a streamlined strength. But there was none of the hardiness or brash self-confidence that usually goes along with physical perfection. His lips curved slightly downward, and his dark blue eyes appeared to be caught in a restless search for reassurance that would never come. His reserve didn't deter me. Matthew offered a challenge, and every smile I wrangled from him felt like a victory. Are you on your way home? I asked, trying to pull him back into the conversation. Yes. Let me guess. New York? No, Chicago. Really? My cousin moved there about a year ago, and I've been dying to visit. You hear so many stories. It's worth seeing so you'll know which stories to believe. He responded with a certain defensive pride. Besides, a trip to Chicago will be old hat now that you've been to Europe. What brought you so far from home? My job. I've spent the last three weeks touring literary sites of the British Isles and teaching two young ladies poetry so they can impress their father's friends at parties. He looked appraisingly at my white cotton dress and T-strap shoes. You look much too young and cheerful to be a governess. Mine were always dowdy old dragons with permanent scowls. Oh, I've only been hired as a summer companion. But even real governesses bob their hair now. How shocking. The next thing I know, you'll be dancing the Charleston. I laughed. The Charleston. I can barely manage the foxtrot. I'll bet you know your way around a dance floor better than I do. They're having one of those tea dances in the garden lounge. Shall we give it a whirl? Of course I wanted to say yes, 
But if he was the sort of man who'd always been handed what he wanted, maybe he'd be intrigued by a girl who didn't come easy. That's very kind, but I've got to get back, I said, looking down in embarrassment. The girls will be finishing their badminton lessons in a few minutes. What about dinner? he asked. I'd be delighted if your party joined my table. Was he daring me to break the rules, or did he truly not understand the social gulf between us? I'm allowed up here on the first-class deck as long as I'm with my charges, but I have to stick to the second-class restaurant for meals, I said. Thanks for the offer, but I can't accept. I turned away before I could regret my decision. Maybe I'd gone about this all wrong. There was no reason for him to seek me out, no reason for me to expect anything to come of one conversation.